Good morning. It's July 1st, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion to the book of the same name. Today's title is Killing of Innocence. Get out of here, Baldy. He turned around and looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. 2 Kings 2.23 I read a fascinating book recently entitled Death in the Long Grass by Peter Capstick. Capstick was a big game hunter in Africa for more than three decades. While specializing in lion and elephant, he divides his book into chapters titled for each type of game he has hunted. Lion, elephant, cape buffalo, hippo, crocodile, rhino, snakes, and finally, quote, underrated killers, unquote. I am what you would call an animal lover. And as such, have often felt that shooting any animal who was not likewise armed with a high-caliber rifle was not only unfair, but quite possibly immoral. I confess I have hunted myself, dove, duck, and only once deer, but always justified the action by eating my prey afterwards. I think what bothered me was thinking of my targets as innocents. Mr. Capstick spent much of his professional career hunting man-eating lions and rogue elephants, animals you soon find out are anything but innocent. They kill 200 to 500 people each year as a very low estimate. Capstick estimates the number at tenfold that. Rural deaths and government reticence are tourism, accounting for the disparity. Hippos, for instance, kill at least 3,000 people per year, and those are only the ones witnessed. Of course, you can make an argument that even when a lion seemingly kills out of revenge and not hunger, we cannot assign human moral judgments like guilt or innocence to him. But if it was your child torn apart by a lion, you might not think innocent was the best word to describe the big cat. One of the objections to the veracity of the Bible and the morality it purports to teach is that it seems replete with stories of innocence being killed. Admittedly, there are multiple chapters in the Old Testament which relate tales of the chosen people sweeping into villages and killing every man, woman, child, and even their livestock directly at the command of the Lord. Saul is even rejected as king by the Lord for sparing an enemy king and his livestock, 1 Samuel 15, 9. To some, God's very character seems capricious, unjust, and vengeful. In our opening verse, the prophet Elisha is evidently teased by some children for being bald, and he calls down a curse which leads to their deaths at the hands of two bears. Really? This is the God whose love is unending? Well, yes, as a matter of fact it is, because people who object to what appears to be violence against innocence in Scripture are often only vaguely aware of the whole story and seemingly oblivious to evil as a real entity and enemy. The people destroyed in these biblical histories are people whose entire cultures had specifically, purposefully turned away from God after being warned repeatedly that it would meet with their downfall. The blood of their children was on the heads of their ancestors who practiced evil and taught their children to practice it as well. That is, when they weren't busy sacrificing them to pagan idols. Often the Hebrew is mistranslated as well. While King James Version and NIV translate those who tease Elisha as, quote, little boys or children, unquote, the actual Hebrew word used is na'ar, which means youths, as in the New King James Version, and is used to mean teens, 238 places elsewhere in the Bible. If 42 were killed, 
There had to have been an angry teenage gang surrounding the prophet at the time. Ever dealt with a totally amoral street gang? It presents a slightly different picture than a class of third graders teasing an old bald guy. Note also that repentance in the Old Testament always leads to mercy. Look at the city of Nineveh in the book of Jonah, for instance, Jonah 3, 5 through 8. God is not cruel, but he is unequivocally just. As we Christians are encouraged to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope we have, 1 Peter 3.15, giving an answer means being capable of defending the scriptures in light of what you know to be the true character of God. For example, the killing of innocents should be abhorrent to all. Understanding that it is most abhorrent of all to God is at the core of our faith. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens, and your truth unto the clouds. Psalm 57, 9. Dear Heavenly Father, you have shown us your overwhelming mercy when, by your grace, you offered us forgiveness and salvation through faith in your Son and his sacrifice. We praise you for being unchanging and realize that some things we don't understand are part of your divine purposes and always consistent with the character you have revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.